Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I remind you folks, uh, although Leon Tailoring is great for the tailor and ready-made clothes, they also have a good career services division for your young person, because before you know it, they'll be out heading off for interviews, for jobs, or for internships this summer, and you want to make sure your young person looks their best. You guys have invested a lot of time and energy and money in that college education, now it's time for it to start paying off, and Leon Tailoring can help you do it. They'll make sure your young person is dressed right for the right job, so they can make that right first impression. You know, I'm important that is. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, check out their career services division. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Uh, really good and productive week. Really worked hard to get through a lot of things. You know, committee deadline on, committee report deadline on Tuesday. And uh, that's always a signature uh, a deadline for us. And then today was second reading deadline. Uh, you know, please, all of our agenda bills are through. We've touched on so many other topics. I think they're important to Hoosiers. And, uh, Again, just seeing more good news in, in today's announcements uh, about all the great things going on in Indiana. So we're just trying to build on that. Mr. Speaker, uh, let's talk about Jim Lucas. I heard you weren't very happy with his behavior the other day. Well, look, I, I had a chance to watch the full video, and, uh, you know, he just simply put, should have never opened his jacket. The, the rest of the discussion was a discussion of, um, I thought, the kids and Representative Lucas engaged in a civil uh, discussion about... Um, um, about a very sensitive topic, but I told him how I felt, and and uh, we'll move forward. Was that why both of his bills were skipped? Uh, both of his bills. We just today wasn't the best day to take action on those bills. They're strongly bipartisan. Both those both those bills went through committee uh, uh, with with unanimous support. So today wasn't the best day to take action. Did you expect him on Monday. I think you should probably expect him on Monday. The Senate sent you the uh, child care bill on Tuesday. Looks like they're probably going to send you the reading proficiency bill today. Initial thoughts on the stat on those two bills as they pass Senate or as SB one currently? Yeah, I, I want to be fair to this. I have not. I'll begin today and over the weekend to look at the Senate bills because uh, we'll start trying to get some bill lists together for second half. I would say, I, I, from what I've heard about those two bills. Uh, uh, you know, supportive, obviously very supportive reading legislation. Uh, I need to see the details of it. And I'm really pleased with the bipartisan support we had on our uh, child care legislation that Representative Heine uh, authored. So it's a good, you know, I, I think, you know, these are important issues and, and we look forward to addressing them in the second half. Do you think well, it's it's retained retained if they can't read in third grade? Do you think, are you for retaining more third graders? I am, I, am, I want to do everything in our power not to have to retain kids, but there is, it is a terrible thing to move kids along when you basically pass them to failure and unfortunately if a kid can't read in the third grade it is a monumental moment and and we've got to you know better serve to have that child take third grade again and, and, and be reading proficient than to pass them along and and create the negative outcomes that we've seen for far too long can you explain what happened to house bill 1386 today you know, Dr. Barrett, I think you know, that's a complicated bill. There were some things in that bill that uh, Dr. Barrett's still working through and just didn't feel like it was the right time to pull down. That sailed pretty easily through committee. Are we really just worried about the amendments or we don't want to have that discussion? Well, about look, we're having, I mean, we're having uh, a discussion that we've talked about before. FSA has some proposed rules out. First and foremost, look, we care, we recognize we, and we're hearing from the families that, that, that are expressing their opinions on this. And we want to be responsible to the most needy, some of the most needy Hoosier populations. 
we also are trying to find a way to be fiscally responsible through it and make sure that, that there's a path moving forward to provide the needed services. And, and uh, again, these are proposed rules and, and we'll continue to have those conversations. Does this Speaker, require legislative action this session? Or you I'm just, sorry. Does this, does this issue What's require this? legislative action? On the proposed rule change? No, I think, you know, I think we'll work in our members and communities and stakeholders will continue to work with with the agency to hopefully get to the right spot on what the, the you know, what the final rules are. Mr. Speaker, Lieutenant Governor the other day said uh, that if what happened with FSSA and Medicaid funding happened to the private sector, people would be fired and heads would be rolled. Should folks be held accountable for a billion-dollar budget error? Well, look, uh, the... Uh, it was a mistake that I know uh, is frustrating all of us. And, uh, you know, in the Medicaid budget in Indiana is over $20 billion. So it's a big number. It's not a number that's so out of whack that no one in the universe could have, uh, uh, you know, foreseen. So, look, it's a disappointing number. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not ready to rehash how we got here. There are conversations about how we make sure it never happens again. But, you know, look, we got to deal with what the facts are. And the facts are we've got this, you know, so, you know, we, we're spending a billion dollars more and, and we've got to figure out how we can um, um, financially continue to afford that. In the short term, would there be any plans? Tackle 1386 before the deadline or do you think that's going to be a second half thing that the Senate has to take care of? Well, again, you know, that, that bill is not moving. Uh, so, uh, again, I'm sure there'll be as, as multiple conversations about this topic. In the past, uh, the governor has said that he would be interested in potentially tapping into the surplus to deal with this for the short term. Would you guys be interested in doing that at all, especially as many of these families are calling on you guys to do that? Well, you know, we, we have, that's the benefit of being in a state where you're financially prudent, that you have multiple options available to you, including the surplus, including, you know, not all the billion dollars would have to come just from Medicare. The, excuse the Medicaid. It can come, you know, we can find other savings and other programs. And, and so, look, that's why it's a comprehensive, uh, you know, discussion and it's not a narrow one. And, and we'll work together with the administration to, to you know, do what's right for, for the, uh, these folks and, and for the state. We spent a lot of crouch. time this session listening to bills that haven't passed. We've had hour long hearings on bills that are supposed to be topics for next year. Why are we spending time on this in a short session? Why? I'm sorry. Why? why are we spending time on bills that are not going to move in committee in a short session? Well, you'll have to ask committee chairs. I mean, I think they, they you know, they, they may have reasons they want to hear for, about bills. I mean, it's not uncommon that, that we would hear a bill and, and take testimony and, and learn, particularly if it's a if it's a complex issue that it, it will take time to sort out. You want to get stakeholders opinions and those types of things. I think it depends on the issue in the chair. Is that not what the interim's for? Oh, I think we do that in the interim, too. There's been a lot of legislation moving the last few sessions, including some this year. It would seem to indicate quite a bit of mistrust between um, the legislature and many state agencies where lawmakers clearly aren't happy with st what state agencies are doing. Why on the Medicaid FSSA issue are we choosing to just trust whatever FSSA is going to do? Well, look, Brand, I, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, I think there's always a healthy tension between the, the, the administration and the legislative bodies, and that's okay. And we, we work through it, and, and we work through it. Uh, on this one, I mean, again, 
our members are having conversations with FSSA. Uh, you know, you have to be you have to be you know conscientious of what you do and don't put in the statute, and what the consequences of what you do and don't do, put in the statute, especially in a situation where there's a there's a significant fiscal impact to it. So uh, again, we want the conversation to be broad and 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 not uh, pigeonholed into you know um, you know do this do that. And again, we we've had a members, stakeholders. I think have had tons of feedback. Guys, we have time for one last question. Mr. Speaker, on the blue line, uh, that's coming over here from the from the Senate. You basically said that maybe a better time we do that next year. We look at uh, road funding, mass transit, the whole nine yards. Should this should this say be sort of micromanaging bus lanes overall from a philosophical perspective? No, unless. Those bus lanes are on roads like Meridian and, and Washington Street, where I think there's a strong argument where the state should should take back responsibility of those roads if we can work in partnership with the city to do that. So, again, I think that's a, you know, that's a very unique discussion because, uh, you know, I continue to hear from Marion County that they're, they're worried about road funding. One of my solutions is I'm not looking to take all back any money, but I'm willing to have a discussion about whether we take on ownership of Washington Street and, and uh, Meridian, which are US 31 and US 40, as you know. And, and so I don't want to change that road dramatically before we can have those conversations. So, Abdul, I mean, this is, a, this is I'm glad you asked this question because I don't think this is about low control. This is about having a long-term discussion. And, and uh, we'll have that, I'm sure, to some degree. I've had it already in the second half. But, but you know, I, we'll come back next year and have a big conversation around road funding. I think, I think the uh, Marion County folks want to have that discussion. I just want to make sure it's comprehensive and that, that you know, that's part of it. So thank, thank you guys. Have a good afternoon. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.